Welcome to Revive Mini Podcast. This month we are covering connecting with our support. You know, February 4th was early this month, but it is World Cancer Day. And their theme is close the care gap. A lot of times when we think about our support and our care, a lot of times we may be missing parts or we might not even notice that there are some supports out there. I do Provide Ministry wants to continue to expand that idea. When it comes to care, it's different for each individual, whether it's cancer, whether it's just things you're struggling at home. I do want to share with those who are listening a disclaimer. If you are in crisis, please seek help. I'm going to also bring in my returning guest. Welcome, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insight again um you know life happens I was, we were planning to record earlier but you know you just kind of have to keep doing what you can thank you so much terry well robert thanks for having me on i'm really looking forward to talking with you again uh like i said terry a lot of times and i'm, I'm gonna mention this again like, to stress um a lot of times when it comes to whether um, a change a life event maybe you just received news you have cancer a family member or you know, a lot of people are, we're kind of getting out of COVID, but we're kind of not. We're kind of in this, this kind of, the world has changed, how we view each other, how we connect with each other. And I want to encourage those, find what works. Like a lot of them, you know, if, if something that's positive, I don't like reinventing the wheel. So what works for you, I do encourage you. But also if there is in crisis, you do, I do encourage you to find help. I want to, I always say people say better than me. Sean Stevenson says it this way. I want to hear your insight. Terry says communication is merely, ex- is merely an exchange of information, but connection is exchange of our humanity. What comes to mind when you hear this? I, I think that's a great quote. And I think that's absolutely true. You know, we, I, you know, in my situation, I think cancer, you know, disease of any kind, tends to isolate us, you know, it Mm -hmm. isolates us from our friends initially and from our family and and even isolates us, I think, at at certain times from ourselves, from the real, real person Mm -hmm. that we are. And, you know, we have all this technology that allows us to be more connected, to be more together. And I don't think at any time, certainly in my life, I've ever seen us farther apart. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I talk about the importance of listening. I, I devoted an entire chapter to it in my book. But not listening to respond. You know, listening mm. to respond is hurry up, Robert. Say what you're going to say because I want to get my two cents in. Yeah. Versus, you know, okay, Robert, I I, I hear what you're saying. I may agree with you. I may not agree with mm-hmm. you. But help me to understand where you're coming from. And when we do that, we're connecting. We're we're, we're connecting as humans. We're connecting as people. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it seems like right now that all we do is scream at each other. And <laughs> when I'm screaming at you and you're screaming at me, neither one of us can hear what's going on. So I think if we if we step back, take the time, like I said, I may agree with you, I may not agree with you, but help me to understand where you're coming from. And when we do that, I see you more as a human being and mm-hmm. not as somebody who may be in opposition to something mm-hmm. that I want to do. And I think it's like, uh, I've been saying this a lot in my um, my episodes lately, that a lot of our lives are unfinished. If we kind of understand that, it always will be kind of unfinished. It allows me the grace to be, hey, you know, I learn more from people 
who I may not understand or some culture or different ways of thinking than I do just being around people who say exactly what I say. You know, I would encourage you to challenge yourself. A lot of times it's it's the process. You know, I might be thinking this right now. Someone asked, um, do you know who you are? I think that's kind of a funny question because it changes. Uh, like what is important to me changes. But I think at the heart of it, I, I do I do piggyback on what you're saying. Communication is, is, is lackluster. I'll just say straight up, it's lackluster. Uh, we're too quick to be, you know, uh, it's, it's a, this urgency. You never ask why we're doing what we're doing. We're just doing it because, and a lot of times there's external influences, you know, if, you know, but if we're really being honest is, is we're not putting a lot of value in our time because it's always subjected to others. When we actually had that individual, individual talk, like, Hey, I'm not doing well, Terry. I don't know what's going on. Let me take a little time to think about what's going on with me as opposed to, oh, I need to do X, Y, Z because someone told me to, and that's going to make me feel better. Even if it does, it doesn't come from you. Even doesn't make you feel better. It's the sustainability of having that self-talk that has helped me and what has, has helped people I've seen around me. Um, any thoughts? Anything you want to comment on that? Yeah, I, I recently finished a book called Do Hard Things by Steve Magnus. And he cites a um, an event in there. And I don't know if it's a psychologist or a researcher or somebody did this event where he he took people, mostly younger people, and put them in a room. And the only thing in the room was a chair and a table. And he asked them to stay in there for 15 minutes. The only other thing in the room was a buzzer. And if you hit the buzzer, you got an electric shock. And you were not allowed to have your phones or your tablets or your, anything in there with you. So you were alone kind of with your, with your own thoughts. And the conclusion of that study found that 76% of men and 28% of women hit the buzzer, shocked themselves, and including one man who shocked himself every five seconds, which said to me that we're not comfortable. Like you said, take some time to think, take some time to step back. We're not comfortable doing that. We have to have our devices. We have to constantly be engaged. And so, I heard that and, and that's usually not a problem for me, but I spend about 10 minutes every day now just alone, you, yeah. you know, and not meditating, not praying, not doing anything like that, but just alone and let your thoughts go where your thoughts go. Mm -hmm. And that way you're comfortable with who you are. And you mm -hmm. understand, as you say, if you need to take a step back and say, you know what? I don't know how I feel about that. I need to think about that. Yeah. It gives you that time to do that without, oh my God, I, you know, I got a Texas person or wait a minute, somebody <laughs> said something about me on social media. That's not communicating. No. That's not communicating mm -hmm. at all, either with ourselves or with somebody else. I I, I totally, I totally agree in, in the idea that we don't, you know, if we don't value our time, no one else will. So um, I think value and how we see ourselves really it really comes to how you spend your time like if i spend my time worried you know it's it's kind of i remember in college it's like it's like am i gonna go to sleep or or do my friends hate me or should i go to sleep it's kind of fun i remember a comedian saying citing something like that i 
I I laugh, but there there are times, especially the awkward years, right after like I was in the military even, and after that I went to college. But he still have that experience of this insecurity, you know. Uh, I think, uh, especially working in the mental health field for several years now, I I know that people want to help people, but one of the hardest things for them to see is themselves. It it is, and 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 you're right, and I think the problem with that is. You know, we all have unique gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. You know, you may be good at something that I'm not good at. I may be good at something you're not at. But you know, we, we tend to look around in our lives as we're going through life mm -hmm. and we, we see people that are, it's like, wait a minute, that guy's making a lot of money or mm -hmm. that woman's very successful in her job mm -hmm. or she's driving a nice car. And we can't just be happy for them that they mm -hmm. are successful, that they are enjoying, you know, the finer things in life. No, we've got to be jealous. And now, yeah. I, you know, I've got to, I want that. I, I've got to have that. I've got to fill myself up. And Robert, I've, I've come to, you know, probably over the last year or so, think about this really deeply. We tend to think that we are born empty. And yeah. that our job is to fill ourselves up. When we get mm. out of high school or college or the military, mm. now we got to consume. You know, I yeah. got to have a great job. I got to make a lot of money. I got to get a great company. Mm. And we consume. And I've come to understand that I think it's just the opposite. That we are born full mm. and our job is to empty ourselves out for mm. the betterment of ourselves our family our community mm. our world and if you look at it that way it's not so much about what i can get mm. as it is so much about what i can give to, mm. to the world i you know i i feel when you have that moment of clarity when you realize that you know you're not great at everything yeah, you're not gonna and uh even more so a lot of times we generalize everything we generalize life oh if i get this i'll be happy well you know what what that strips away who you are your, your context like i am not general uh generic person a i'm not generic person a that if i have this generic person a job will I be happy with a generic person a wife and a, and a family white picket fence that's not reality. That takes away who I am. You know, a lot of times I, I talk to a lot of people who are struggling, you know, they're, they're going through a crisis or what have you. Um, the one thing that, you know, the family wants to help and they do. And I, I, I truly wholeheartedly, I even say, you know, my, the, their parents' generation doesn't understand mental health at all. And it's unfair for them to expect them to understand it the way that you're experiencing but at the same time you know you know maybe um if you don't know yourself you're gonna be guided by what they want to do and even though they have their best interests you're the one living with it you're the one who knows you the best so i would say it's not that i'm discouraging support I, I, on the contrary it's understanding yourself to understand what your support is at the end of the day you're making that choice at the end of the day um, you know, one person said it this way. It's kind of interesting. It's like, everyone's pressuring me to get my own place, start, you know, get fresh, you know, get independent. That's great. But he's like, but I'm miserable. I hate myself. I'll just be miserable and hate myself somewhere else. And, and it's funny because people would denote like, oh, you'll feel better. In some aspects you will. But if someone hates themselves, you'll have the privacy, but you know, if someone hates themselves or they don't like how they look or their self-image, I think the sustainability, especially you could attest to this, how likely will they sustain a healthy workout routine? 
or healthy life living? How will, how will they adopt that if every time they look at themselves, they hate themselves? They hate who they are. It's not, it doesn't work that way. And for me, as uh, I think I've seen people, I don't know how you muscle through it, but then they burn out, Steve. They get bitter. They, they're really, really critical of those who are not um, doing what they're doing. And for me, at the end of the day, uh, they stop doing things for themselves. And I think that's where connecting and communicating sometimes all falls apart. So um, I want to ask you, Terry, you know, this trade, I like where this conversation is going, but I want to ask you, think about your support today. What has positively impacted maintaining that healthy connection? I know we, you were here before. What has been uh, if um, one factor that you could say even to this day that has been helpful in maintaining because it keeps changing and what has not helped you build that connection or maintain it? Yeah, I, I think I, I'll, I'll give you a story. I had a, had a nurse recently asked me uh, through my cancer journey through my almost 11 years now, I've had my, my foot amputated in 2018 and my leg amputated in 2020. And I had a nurse ask me, what, what was it like to do, you know, to go through that? And, and I've told her it, it, it hasn't been easy. I'm still learning how to walk and things like that. And, um, but what I told her was cancer can take all my physical faculties, but cancer can't touch my mind. It can't touch my heart and it can't touch my soul. And that's who I am. That's who you are, Robert. That's who everybody who's listening to us is. And we spend a lot of time, you know, I, you know, does my hair look right? Am I wearing the right clothes? You know, you know, am I driving the right car? Am I fitting in? And and I'm not telling you not to go to the gym. I'm not telling you not to eat right. I'm not telling you not to exercise and 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 not abuse drugs. And I'm not telling you not to do any of that stuff. You, you should do what's right for you. But spend some time figuring out and working on who you are which is your heart, your mind, and your soul. And if I think, and I think if you do that, number one, you connect with yourself. And, and when you connect with yourself, you're probably not gonna be in that mode of, I hate myself. Because if I hate myself, I don't wanna connect with anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. there, 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 there's not, I'm not interested in doing that. So if you understand who you are and you work on developing that, as much as you work on, like I say, going to the gym or eating right or, or that kind of thing, I think you'll connect with yourself. And then when you're willing to connect with yourself, you have to be open. I, I totally agree with you, whether it's it's families, whether it's you know the nurses I have at the hospital, the doctors I have at the hospital, if I'm not open to the care that they want to give me, it doesn't matter how much they wanna care. It doesn't matter how much they mm. wanna be involved in my life. So I have to be open to that. And I think part of that is humility is understanding that, you know what, I yeah, I like to think I'm in control. I like to think I'm strong and, and independent, but with certainly with my disease, you know, with all the things I've had with my amputations, I'm not, I, I'm, I, I need to realize that I need help. I need other people to be successful in my life. And nobody, I don't care how, you know, whether it's a, it's, it's a singer or an artist or an athlete that you say, oh, that person is great. There's a whole lot of people underneath them that supported them, that, mm -hmm. that loved them, that nurtured them, that got them to where they are. And we just look at them and say, look at how successful they are. No, mm -hmm. none of us get to the top without the support, the love and the care of other people. Yeah. And I, I you know, 
I just I was wasn't gonna bring this up, but also like Super Bowl was not that long ago, and I remember That's listening me. to Patrick Mahomes, and one thing that really stood out to me in his interview was one thing he said. He said, "What did you learn in the last two Super Bowls?" He's like, "I am not Superman. I can't do it all. I need to depend on my team." And I think that's a lot. Of, that's experience. That's understanding your limits. I feel when I understood my limits, I felt freer. I didn't waste my time with things that I couldn't change in my life, but I learned to adjust and adapt. You know, one of one person I knew that um, uh, told me some advice. It's kind of like a saying. He said, "Life is like life is playing a bad hand well." Sometimes, yeah, you know, you don't have everything. You know, I ask myself, even with、um, working in communities, a lot of times it's like, well, giving resources, you know, to people who are in need—that's wonderful. But a lot of times there's not. So what then, you know?、Um, and what makes what makes the connection matter? You could give food, you could give all this stuff, but what matters is a lot of times them feeling heard. You know. The, the, The the resource is important, and especially in that period and those crisis. But what is longevity? What's sustained growth? What is sustained healing? I think we're all kind of healing in our own way, and I feel when we know ourselves, I think it's more sustained. When I a lot of times I, I jokingly I love I'm doing the podcast and I'm doing other things that are like video wise, and some people may ask, "Oh, you're tired? You got a long week? Why are you doing this?" There's different types of rest. I love doing what I do. You know, people. It's not just laying down on your back and resting. There's that, but also I find being creative, connecting with myself, connecting what matters, and、um, and I think you can only be bold and get to that way while you keep working on it. it, it it's not about. Anyone else? It's not that I'm awesome at this. It's about I continue. I'm here. I'm trying to be here. I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing, just like anyone else. And I just, I just want to commend you for, for you know, what you've said, and also just, you know, the humility that comes. I, I, I learned more from the experiences when I knew I was limited. I grew stronger through my limitations because a lot of times. It's an illusion when I, when I feel I, I got it all figured out, and I think a lot of us can relate to that.、Um, I want to ask you, you know, you've shared your story before, but I want to just give you a little moment to update us on what's going on, whatever you feel comfortable.、Uh, I do your stories, and those who are watching, you can rewind to a year ago, and Terry was here. But、uh, yeah, just share with us any updates you would like to share with those listening. Sure. So, I, you know, just kind of to, to give a little bit of background. I, in 2012, I was diagnosed with this rare form of melanoma that appeared on the bottom of my foot, and I have been fighting this disease for now almost 11 years. And two and a half years ago, I started on a clinical trial drug that more than likely is not going to save my life. It's certainly buying me some time. But I, I go every third week to the hospital for an entire week, where I'm treated every day with this drug, and then I have really ugly side effects. I throw up, I shake violently, I have a fever, a headache, things like that. And 
my nurses from time to time will ask me, it's like, Terry, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep putting yourself through that? And while you were talking in your last segment, I was thinking about what you were saying. And, and I think one of the things that team sports taught me, you can't tell this from looking at me, but I'm six foot eight inches tall. And I actually played basketball. I got a scholarship to play in college. And I think one of the things that team sports taught me was the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. You know, you realize on a team that if you don't do your job, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down, your coaches down, your fans down, et cetera. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. So the reason I continue to do this is because it's bigger than me. You know, I look at like, well, it may not save my life, this drug, but maybe five years from now or 10 years from now, based on the data that the doctors are gleaning from my blood tests and my scans and things like that, they will perfect this drug to where it will save somebody's life. And mm. it, it will be somebody that I don't even know, you know, that mm. I'll never have the opportunity mm. to meet. And to me, that's being part of something that's that's bigger than yourself. So I, I continue to be on this therapy. Uh, I still have the tumors in my lungs. They have not grown. Uh, they are, as my doctor calls, stable. I really don't like that word. Mm -hmm. You know, getting in there, you know, fight it, get rid of it, and that kind yeah. of thing. And, and my body is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, God is not done with me. I, I, mm -hmm. I remember seeing my CAT scan back uh, when I had my leg amputated and found out I had these tumors. And, and I have no medical background. I don't really know how to read a CAT scan, but I kind of mm -hmm. was like, well, that doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. <laughs> you know, and, and I had these big tumors in my lungs and I had fluid all around the plural spaces on the outside of my lungs. And I remember looking at my oncologist, I was like, how was I alive? Mm -hmm. And he kind of smiled and, and sort of shook his head. And he's like, I don't know, because you shouldn't have been, which mm -hmm. said to me that, you know, God's not done with me yet. And, mm -hmm. and when I die, how I die, where I die, way above my pay grade, don't spend <laughs> a lot of time with, you know, spend more time now mm -hmm. trying to give back and, and empty out myself for the betterment of, of society, or like I said, somebody that I may never meet five, 10 years down the road. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, before you were mentioning a lot of times we just want to gain more stuff. A lot of people, and I find a lot of times less is more. I do my best work when I slow down. I know that. I know that uh, it's something I, I am blessed that I found out early enough. You know, um, I'm not running around. I'm not, I don't, I don't truly, at least for me, from my opinion, I don't truly believe there's, um, I could be multitasking. Like I could do small tasks, but really, if I'm really want to be present, I have to be one at a time, one at a time. I'm only one person. You know, like I, uh, I've learned that and I've, I've grown a lot in my journey working in the mental health field, just how little I can do. A lot of times I just talk to them. I listen to them. That's it. Um, the one, Veronica Toglev said it this way. To know yourself, you must sacrifice the illusion that you already do. I believe like a lot of times, uh, for me, I just take it. It's a constant. Our lives keep changing. Um, it's an illusion to kind of stagnate. I, I, those moments that you celebrate, I, I achieve this, and that's wonderful. But I, it's the unfinishedness. I accepted that. I'm continuing that my life is unfinished, but that journey is, is what is where I'm at. Uh, you know, I have uh, things I've learned along the way. And honestly, 
what I'm doing. Sometimes I'm thinking what I was good at. Sometimes I got to step forward to another thing. Sometimes if you're the smartest person in the room, you got to go to a different room. And that, that makes space for someone else to have an opportunity that helped me. I remember when I first started, uh, I was in the church. I was 30 years old. And, you know, this podcast is not proselytizing, but there's lessons to this story. I remember I was doing the sound because I'm very familiar with the sound. And I remember saying, I don't want to hear any of this stuff. <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, I, I like, I, I'm like, I don't want to hear any of this stuff, but I'm going to make them sound good. That was it. I singly focused on him sounding good. So I made sure the mics were up and I did my job. That was it. And for me, I was able to connect with the, that, that church and the people. And it became different, not because of some truth it was because i met the people i learned things and learned more about something about myself that was bigger than myself that was it uh for me i have a different my focus is on the present personally uh, my focus is on outreach my focus is on helping others i i don't i don't i don't really care too much on titles tell you the truth i don't care too much on denominations i care about people and them trying to you know like you said journey through this this mess sometimes but you know the mess is there because you know we're human but the reasons why we want to get better are simple a lot of times i want to be better because i care i want to be around longer and it's just like investing in financials if i if i think long term i usually make wiser choices to my financials as opposed to short term and just just thinking ahead like i think that's the same thing in any aspect of life we think long term i think veronica does have a good what comes what comes to mind from what i said and what uh, the quote says yeah a, a lot of things and <laughs> I, I think you're right i mean i i'm kind of like you i want to be a lifelong learner i i want to improve i want to be curious i want to ask questions i want to die learning i want to die becoming and, and not be one of those people that have arrived. You know, <laughs> I, I, I've made it and that kind of thing. And I, I really think, you know, we get so focused on things in life. Mm. And and it's those it's those small, intimate times when we get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with another human being and learn mm. about them. I, you know, I always say I love people, I hate crowds. You know, yeah. put a bunch of people together, not real comfortable, but yeah. pull one of those people out one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. And and yeah, I, I want to know about you. I'm curious about other human beings. I remember, you know, I wrote my book back in 2020, and I remember reading an article that said 84% of Americans believe they have a book inside them, whether it's a, a fiction book mm. or whether it's a memoir of some, time, of some kind but less than 1% of those people ever write that book. You know, we all have a story. There's there's something about our lives that matter. We're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. I remember Viktor Frankl, the concentration camp survivor and psychiatrist said, you know, you, you, you should be very um, attentive to your purpose in life because we're all put here for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. But Robert, I see so many people that live a casual life and mm. because they live a casual life their goals their dreams their ambitions their purpose mm -hmm. becomes a casualty of mm. sort of that unplanned living 
Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing, a, I'll, I'll end with this, mm-hmm. hearing a, a Native American Blackfoot proverb years ago that I absolutely <laughs> love. And it goes like this. When you were born, you cried and the world rejoiced. Mm. Live your life in such a way. And I think that that's the key word in this mm. phrase. Live your life in such a way so that when you die, mm. the world cries and mm. you rejoice. That's what I want. That, yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking for. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, we are, we are so connected with each other. And, and if we take the time to get to know people, what an amazing life you're going to have. Yeah, and I feel um, when you're when you're able to understand your limits, at least from my experience, and when you're able to just, uh, just like you know, just accept the fact that this is not going to be uh, like you're not going to hedge your uncertainty. There's certain things you won't be certain about, and I feel unfortunately the saturation of information and how people. Uh, how they respond to information can, um, but you have a choice. You know, a lot of times I find in a laughter, they're like, um, everyone has a choice to turn on the TV and watch eight hours of TV or not. You know, everyone has a choice. Um, when you, when you, when you forget you have a choice, that's when it becomes a problem. When you feel that every motivation is to succeed and never asking why you need to succeed. When, uh, you know, the the a lot of times when I I, I see people either you know, in the church or in setting or in, in in my work setting, I always look at the level of urgency. You know, uh, reinforce on un, uh, unreachable goals. I always kind of th- like unreachable yet. You know, sometimes it, we kind of set ourselves up for our own failures, discouragement. Um, we reinforce certain negative thoughts in our head. But the idea is, none of that matters if you start taking account and start taking time for you. You know, the, the, when it comes to um, what you do next, um, it shouldn't be this, um, decided or kind of focused on something externally to you. Because at the same time, you cannot control that. So if you want to, let's say, be healthier, I encourage you, be healthier. But do it for you. Don't do it because of anything that's arbitrary outside, because that thing may not be there. It may change. And really, when you focus on you, I found that success, sustained success and, you know, growth does come after. And I do feel you'll have a better outlook and you'll be able to, from my experience, put boundaries. We've talked about that are effective. Understand verbiage and people's relationships understand that you can say no it's okay if 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 someone's if and and helping people and it sounds it's kind of funny helping people is work don't lie to yourself it is work so if you're not taking care of yourself you're avoiding your mirror of yourself and you're helping everyone else to your you don't have nothing left I say I encourage you not to. I encourage you to meet yourself. Take time for yourself. Learn who you are. You're not Superman. You need help. You need support. Connect with that. And, you know, I, I think those, those, those quiet times, like you say, the 10 minutes that you take, take time. You, each one of us, I feel, will benefit just taking time. And to piggyback, I like, I'm curious, just like you, every answer 
can be followed by another question. I find that the questions should never cease. I think our, our curiosity is healthy. It, it, life is fuller when our curiosity is healthy. Um, and uh, I think that is, the, I think that's the uniqueness of humanity, like of how we are. We are curious. Don't lose that because of some certainty or you want to say, I don't want to try too hard so it don't hurt so hard. You're missing out. You're missing out. Try hard. Be around people you don't agree with. It's going to be, you know, you're going to learn more. I'll tell you that much. You know, I want to uh, have this. Dale Carnegie says this one. I want to get your insight on this quote. It, it isn't what you have or who you are or where you are or what you're doing that makes you happy or unhappy. It's what you think about. Yeah, that, that is <laughs> controlling your mind is the most important thing you can do, because if you don't control it, it's going to control you. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember back when I was in high school, there was a basketball coach at Indiana University by the name of Bobby Knight. And Knight had a quote that went like this, mental is to physical as four is to one. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, here's this great you know coach teaching premier athletes to use their bodies to be great basketball players on the court. But what he was really saying with that quote is that your mind or your mindset is four times more important than anything your physical body is going to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to use this example, you know, I, basketball is what I know is what I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. If you took a basketball and you went out onto the court and you practice shooting, let's say free throws, there would be a certain area of your brain that would be engaged. If we could look at it under an MRI that, mm-hmm. that would light up. But if you think about taking that basketball and going out on that court and shooting those free throws, that exact same area of your brain will light up. So it's very important. You know, we all talk to ourselves, whether we like to admit it or not. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we have this self-talk. And I always tell people to be very careful with that self-talk because we all become what we think. Yeah. And, you know, if you're if you're sitting there telling yourself, you know, you're, you're taking an algebra class and you're <laughs> like, boy, I'm terrible at algebra. I'm, mm. I'm not going to do very good in this. Eventually, you're going to hardwire your brain to the point where mm-hmm. you are bad at algebra. So, yeah, it's so, so, you know, and if you understand that, be very careful with those thoughts that go mm. through your mind. Use those and make them positive thoughts. That's something that's going to nurture you. And, and let me end this. I kind of want to go back to what you said. You were talking about success a minute ago. And the best definition of success that I've ever heard in my life was from John Wooden, who was a basketball coach at UCLA mm. when I was growing up. And this is what Wooden said success was. Success is peace of mind, which Mm -hmm. is a direct result of self-satisfaction in knowing you did the best to become the best Mm -hmm. that you're capable of becoming. You know, and I think it goes, you know, Robert, you may be great at math. I'm not so great at math. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you get an A at math and I get a C, does that mean I'm any less successful than you? No. No. I, I, No. I mean, if I did the best I could to, you know, to get that C, then I was successful. Just mm. like, you know, if you got an A, you should have gotten an A because you're good at it and that mm. kind of thing. So, you know, success is peace of mind. Going yeah. back to what we were talking about, are, you know, what are you thinking about? Peace of mind, direct result, self-satisfaction, knowing you did your best to become the best that you're capable of becoming. And I love that. It doesn't say anything about winning. It doesn't say Mm-mm. anything about, you know, having the corner office or being at the top. No. Did you do the best to become the best person you're capable of becoming? 
I, you know, you mentioned basketball. I, I did when I was in, um, I did a lot of track before. Like, and I remember the best coach I had for track is was Mr. McBride. And, <laughs> and I remember he said, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. He was very, and one thing about that was interesting because he said, um, there's like this false kind of thought, you know, perfection. And it wasn't even talked about. I hear it more perfection versus excellence. Excellence give you working towards excellence gives you room to kind of improve. Perfection, uh, sometimes the, how the verbiage is used is very damaging. It's like, I don't win this race, I am worth nothing. If I don't win this competition, we are worth nothing. Really? Is, is it all finite to that? And you kind of have to question yourself. All the hard work you put before it, you know, like you mentioned, if you got a C in algebra, I got an A. The other thing is, if I get an A and I didn't even bother to do the work, I cheated through the whole thing. Did I succeed? No, not at all. No, honestly, the person with the C did better. So I think sometimes the measurements uh, don't really tell the tale. It doesn't like a person can ace to be Val Victoria in the high school and struggle to connect or even know what to do next. So it's, I think the pressures and knowing yourself, not holding on to a title but holding on to you knowing who you are and what's important to you and i feel that has been at least my way and um of connecting with my support i want to ask you as we kind of wrap up what have you seen um help you uh what have you seen help in staying connected with support and ask for help when needed like a lot of times i think the what i'm trying to get is it's hard for us to ask for help Okay, it's hard, you know, especially uh, I'm, people with chronic diseases, chronic mental health. One thing they say is like, I'm a burden, like, what I, I, I'm, I'm just tired. So what has helped you stay motivated? You know, you, your journey is long. Like a lot of times it's like, uh, I don't want to talk about the same old story, but <laughs> what has helped you stay positive? What has helped you maintain? I think because I think we're taught as a young age to give. I think that a lot of times give presents, but as you grow older, what I see adults are very bad at receiving any gifts. So yeah, we, we don't, <laughs> we don't just say thank you. You no, know, we just no. don't appreciate what people are willing to give us. And yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's huge. I, you know, I think part of it is, you know, there, there's this stigma that if you ask for help in some way, you are weak. Mm -hmm. And I'll be happy to be weak for the rest of my life because mm -hmm. I need, I know I need help. I need, I mean, my wife does everything for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she cooks for me, she cleans, she makes the best. I, I, I am physically disabled and there are certain things I can't do. But we spend a lot of time focusing on the negative, focusing on the can't, instead of saying, what can I do? How yeah. can I contribute to this relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm telling her a joke or something, you know, mm -hmm. make, you know, making mm -hmm. light of that. So don't feel that asking for help makes you weak. It doesn't. It's just the opposite. If you can find the courage within yourself to say, you know what, I, I, I need some help today. You know, can you help me through this situation? Can you help me through this therapy? I am, you know, mentally depleted, physically exhausted, uh, emotionally spent. I, I'm at the end of my row. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that's important to realize and is, is we we all have a breaking point. There's always a point mm -hmm. down the road where we're going to break. 
Mm. But that breaking point, at least what I found, is so much further down the road than we ever thought mm -hmm. it would be. And I'm reminded when I went to college at a military school in Charleston, mm -hmm. South Carolina called the Citadel. And one year we had the uh, president of the college was an admiral, an admiral by the name of James Stockdale. And Stockdale had been shot down in his fighter jet over Vietnam and spent mm. eight years as a prisoner of war and was horribly tortured and beaten and eventually won our nation's highest award, the Medal of Honor. Mm. And I remember being at an event with him and somebody asked him, who survived that, you know, being a prisoner of war? Who were the people that survived? And he said, let me tell you who didn't survive it. He said it wasn't the big, tall, strong, tough guys that thought that they could handle any kind of abuse or torture. He mm. said, because if you give people enough time, they'll find ridiculously inhuman ways to, to hurt the human body. He said, so it wasn't those individuals. He said, it wasn't even the optimists in life, the people who thought, you know, we're going to be let go or we're going to be rescued by Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter. And he said, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter would come and we would still be prisoners and those people would die of a broken heart. He said the people that survived realized what they could control and controlled it. And he said for us, it was basically our breathing and our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Everything else was up to the enemy. When we mm -hmm. ate, when we slept, when we got beaten, when we got tortured, was up to the enemy. So I would tell people, understand what you can control in your life mm -hmm. and control that the mm -hmm. rest of it you is totally out of your control understand that and when you need help with that ask for that help yeah i totally you know when it comes to asking for help you know i i i find it when when you see it outside of yourself i think it, it seems like cringy like why would not you ask for help you know but we're kind of you know hypocritical a lot of times we'll really be honest um uh, and it, it sometimes it's run seeds really deep you know one of the things i really struggle as i go into final thoughts i'll get your final thoughts after this um is um so maybe a let's say just an illustration a client and uh, the medication's not working but, you know, no one talks to this individual, really. He doesn't have much support, not social support. So, but he likes the psychiatrist. This is this illustration, right? And he likes connect. You see, he has a good connection. But he feels bad telling her that the medicine is not really working. People are like, of course, you got to tell her. But he's so scared <laughs> of disappointing. And I know this sounds very basic for those people, but... A lot of us do it in our own ways. Now, I told him, um, you know, who's going to hurt not addressing this? Is it going to hurt psychiatrists or is it going to hurt you? And this becomes more of a, a question of how he sees himself. I also noticed when I asked this question about communication, how we communicate. The passive one is the needs of others are more paramount than myself. Well, that doesn't work well. And then you got the reverse, the aggressive conversationals, and we don't ever want to be around them. They're just like, why would you even ask me that? Like, well, I don't want to be around you. And then there's ones that are kind of assertive. And that's, I guess that's where we're trying to get that middle. Like our needs are addressed and so is others. It's not a perfect size. There's no step one, step two. It's 
due to your personality and how you're going to go about it. The most important thing is not to rehearse it, to know who you are and say, hey, I would like to help, but I can't say no. Or like if you can, but ask yourself why. And it's okay to say no. But it's also okay to take the time to figure this stuff out. That's and when it comes to connecting, I think when you realize that it's okay to ask for help, it doesn't make you weaker. Actually, you are not everyone on the, you know, I think the one person said, you know, you know, when you're at war, my brother served, I served, but when you're actually in combat, you say, you, 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 you save someone's life and you die, like, you know, you die in combat, you save, everyone knows that's a hero. But a lot of times when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to chronic illness, when it comes to things like that, I think, uh, paraphrasing the person says being a hero is to live period that's it so live the best you can with what you have any final thoughts terry yeah you know i i heard a a a quote that said you know a hero is somebody who's braver five minutes longer than everybody else (laughs) you know and and, and i think in a lot of ways that's true i i guess let, let me leave you with this story i i there was a nurse who, when I first met her on the unit where I get treated, um, she was already a nurse, but she was learning the ins and outs of that unit. She was about 25 years old. And about eight months later, she was taking care of me by herself. And she came in and she said, you know, Tara, I've got the story I want to tell you, but I'm a little uncomfortable telling it to you. I, I didn't really know how to respond to that. I'm like, <laughs> well, it sounds like I might enjoy the story. I hope you decide you want to tell me. And she's in and out over the next couple of hours and then finally comes in, sits down on the bed. And she's like, all right, here's the story. She said, when I first met you, she said, I was going to get out of nursing. She said, I had a very good friend of mine die. I was in a very dark place. I had talked to my parents. I was going to quit nursing and I was going to go to work for Amazon. And then I met you and I watch how you struggle every day you're here and, and how you react to your medication. And then I went back in your chart and I read about everything you've had done, your amputations, the medicines you're on, the surgeries you've had. And she said, after reading your story, I knew I was where I was supposed to be. Now, if she would have never told me that story, I would have had no idea that my life had had a positive impact on her. Mm. I think we tend to get in a situation where we look at ourselves and say, you know, we're damaged. You know, we, we can't do anything. You know, yeah, we're all damaged. And, mm. and if you're really damaged, you become an outlier. And if you're an outlier, you have a unique perspective and a unique opportunity to change the world. So when you get into those things where you think, I can't do anything, I, you know, nobody cares about me, I'm no good, I, you, know, you should just throw me away and be done. There are, I guarantee you, there are people out there that are looking at you and saying, oh my gosh, that person has so much confidence. Look at what they're doing mm. with their lives. So we see ourselves as negative, other people see us as incredibly power, positive and powerful. So I'll, I'll end with this quote again from John Wooden who said, a careful person I want to be, a little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. So whenever you're feeling dark, whenever you're feeling ugly, and we all get into that, I feel that way from time to time myself, realize there are people out there that you don't even know that are watching you and and, and just looking at you and saying, what an incredibly powerful individual Robert is, Terry is, whoever that is. So realize that 
you are leading or setting an example for people that you don't even know. Yeah. And it's a humbling and it's a, it's a huge, um, it, it, it matters how we connect then it all it circles around. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts. I always just love the dialogue. It's just, it's, you know, we're not experts, right. you know, we're just here right. living life, trying to share what we what we learned and at the same time i encourage each one of you listening to find out what's important what's important to you and live and live well i want to leave you with this last quote um as we wrap up it's from lao tzu famous he says a man with outward courage dares to die a man with inner courage dares to live